friends, it's me, Katie Ann, and your host of the Full Confidence Ahead podcast, where we go on a journey together, tackling the fears of life from family relationships to finance, from careers to community. And today, I'm so excited to tackle the topic of news, because in today's polarized world, it can be either exciting or really detrimental or intimidating to read the news and deal with the news. So I have here today with us, Sarah Jane Weaver. So how are you, Sarah? I am great, and it's so wonderful to be here with you, Katie Ann. We are so excited to have her. So this is the person I really wanted to tackle this topic with polarization and news because Sarah has been working in journalism for over 28 years, and right now she's the news vice president at Deseret News. Um, That's a big deal, and she's also worked at the Arizona Republic, Ogden Standard Examiner, the editor of the BYU student newspaper. So she has extensive journalism knowledge. And in addition to that, she's currently studying at the Stanford Business School with an executive leadership degree in her upper degree. So she has a lot of knowledge of what's going on in the news today and the issues that we're tackling. So Sarah, which one of these has been one of your favorite jobs? Oh, I love I love working in the media. I, I love contemplating what's happening in the world and how Um, learning about it and understanding it can actually help all of us make better decisions that can bless our families, our careers, our communities. Um, The more we know, the better informed we are, the the better decisions that we can make. I think that's so... Um, so wise. And I hope that we can all be, I hope that we all become like that too. But I also have just a curious question. How many hours a day do you read the news? Oh, you know, the, the news is in transition. Uh-huh. So so um, at the end of the year 2020, at the end of the year 2020, going into 2021, uh, the Desert News and the Salt Lake Tribune in the, in the Utah market stopped publishing daily newspapers. Now, this wow. was a big deal for wow. me because I had spent every day of my adult life up until that point at the end of my driveway, picking up a print newspaper in my bare feet, uh-huh. in the snow, in the rain, uh-huh. sometimes in my pajamas. It didn't matter. I had to start my day with a physical newspaper. Um, at one point, I was subscribing to the Wall Street Journal, the New York mm-hmm. Times, and then both uh, daily newspapers in, in Salt Lake City. And and now I wake up, and the first thing I do is get my phone and look at the headlines for the day. Yeah. It it is something that um, that has become so routine in my life because it's it's not just my profession, but it's it's something that helps me gauge what's going on in the world. How should I feel about it? Uh, is there something that I should be worried about? Are there people that I should be praying for? It it seems to um, intersect. The news seems to intersect with so much of what all of us do every single day. It's so true. It shapes your community, what's happening, even shapes if something big in the news happened in your community, it shapes where you can drive and what you can do. And then globally, um, your tax rates are based off of what's happening and internationally, it affects so much. And that's why I'm so excited to have this conversation. So a little background for our, our listeners. The reason why this conversation was so important to me is because I myself have experienced this and have friends right now with the political polarization. It has been either really intimidating or really difficult to listen to the news. Um, And I've had either a lot of friends have one-sided opinions and we've fallen apart because understanding isn't there. 
um, anymore, that there's no more collaboration between political parties, or there's so much political polarization in the news that we'll just stop reading the news completely and then calling that fall into the cycle of not being informed about society. So there's this happy balance and medium that I'm really excited to have you talk about and just help us through my fear and I think our listeners' fear of this um, how to deal with news in a political, politically charged environment right now. And, and I think one of the things that we should acknowledge in this information age is the many sources and mediums through which we can get news. Yeah. So all of us, you know, in my intro, I, I talked about reading a physical newspaper. When I was growing up, even when I was studying journalism in college, um, and that was in the early 1990s, People got their news from two places. They either mm-hmm. listened to it on the television mm-hmm. or they read it in the newspaper. Mm-hmm. And and now studies show the majority of people uh, find news that appears on their social media feeds. Yep. They also would be um, getting news from podcasts like yours and mm-hmm. so many others. Um, and, and then we have YouTube and uh, news that comes in the form of videos or images mm-hmm. Um, certainly, we all go to our favorite websites. And and so as we look at the news spectrum, there's so many more sources and mediums to find news that we have to be pretty careful about where we're getting the news, what the source is from, and and then analyze so that we can actually make good decisions about the news we're reading. That is so... Um, interesting that you even identified that because I I get news from all these channels sometimes without even realizing it. For example, on social media, I I get news on news on social media, but kind of by second hand if someone's reposted something, um, and because uh, I used to think like oh I only get my news right from the news source, but no, truly I'm getting it from all over. So what's the first step into figuring out? if we're going to good sources or how do we find these good sources? Well, the first thing we ought to be aware of what the source is. Mm-hmm. So it, it, there, there was a time when only newspapers or television news organizations um, shared news, but now every single person with a phone, with a computer is a publisher of information. And, and so we saw this a lot when, when uh, Donald Trump was president because mm-hmm because he's he becomes the first president of the United States to sort of buck traditional news sources. So he's he's not um, sharing all the information of his presidency with with the media in press conferences per right, se. Right. He's going directly to the public on Twitter. Mm-hmm. and and so he was sharing the information of his administration on on his terms. And so I think all of us should say, Okay, where is this news coming from? And first of all, is it is it a credible source? And when I say a credible source, um, oftentimes when we look at news organizations, we say, okay, is this an official is this an official media organization? Does it uh, follow journalistic ethics? Does it have a standard that it uses when it creates content? Mm-hmm. Um, is is at the at the very end? of each day when it creates content, is it is it aiming to share truth mm. um, and not propaganda and other things? And so all of us have a very basic um, responsibility to ask ourselves when we read something, is this true? Mm-hmm. And and there's a lot of ways we can figure that out. Um, but But the first is to say, where did this come from? 
And as we look at where it comes from, we should also ask ourselves, what's the motivation of the person publishing it? Are they promoting their self? Are they promoting their business? Are they promoting a political uh, political platform? Are they um, running for office? Mm-hmm. Are they so so everyone who publishes news has a motivation. Now, uh, obviously, the motivation for a journalist or a media professional is this is their career. This is mm-hmm. what they do every day to make a living. Um, but if if it's somebody outside of of that traditional media group, then you need to ask yourself, why are they sharing this information? Mm. What are they trying to do? And what mechanisms are they using to do it? So I want to make sure. So traditional media, um, traditional news, you're talking about literally the news, mm-hmm. the news organizations. Like I'm thinking like Desert News, for example, or Salt Lake Tribune or bigger scale New York Times or CNN, or those are the traditional sites, right? Yeah. So, so anyone who is a news organization, um, either through broadcast Mm -hmm. or what would have been traditional print journalism. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you're seeing a whole bunch of, of very, very effective news aggregates pop up that, Mm -hmm. that are, um, uh, internet-based news organizations. Yeah. Um, a lot of us also in this day and age um, get our news through newsletters. Is whoever mm-hmm. producing the newsletter a trusted official source? What are their motivations for sharing the newsletter? Mm-hmm. How do they fund the newsletter? Mm-hmm. And so you, you need to ask yourselves, um, where is this coming from? Who's paying for it? And what are they trying to accomplish? That's so interesting that I I do get newsletters, both from some traditional sources and some non-traditional sources. And that kind of just made me think through my inbox this morning of, wow, I actually am thinking of one that definitely is looking for donations. So probably not the most Mm -hmm. trustworthy for straight news. Like there's, I don't even know if that's the right word to say, Um, not straight news. What's the word I want here? Um, traditional, ethical, maybe? Yeah. Well, and, and even within the news spectrum, mm-hmm. you have news organizations and they're going to to produce uh, stories that they try and be objective. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they go out and they look for both sides of the story and they try and report it and they um, try not to be biased. Now we can talk about bias coming up mm-hmm. because because everyone brings some 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 level of bias to their reporting. Um, but so you have your official news report and then you have editorials or mm-hmm. your voices. And in this case, even people within the profession share their opinions mm-hmm. um, in the, in, in the traditional newspaper, there were house editorials where an editorial board would sit and discuss and mm-hmm. say, we want to support this candidate or we want to support this political cause and then they would write an opinion. And so even within a news organization, you're going to have straight news articles and you're going to have opinions. And if something is an opinion, you want to make sure that you understand this is the opinion of the author. Mm-hmm. And and then that author, if, if they're really good, will be transparent about what biases they are bringing to the to the 
the table. So if someone is talking about being a parent and giving parental advice, it may be good to know if they are a parent or <laughs> yeah, if they have so studied family studies mm-hmm. or what where they're getting their source. If someone mm-hmm. is giving you advice as a psychologist, look and find out what their education credentials are. Have they do have they studied this? Have they been to graduate school? Do they have any sort of official professional certificate? Mm-hmm. Same with medicine. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right. We, you we, totally do that for your doctor and like yeah. that totally makes sense with a doctor and yet sometimes news we're like, oh yeah. Yeah, but but we're so quick to say, I I have a runny nose and a stomach ache mm-hmm. and and you end up on the internet on a site mm-hmm. and do you know where that site is and who and what the qualifications are of the people who put that together. Mm-hmm. And so um you know, many, many people have put lots and lots of information on the internet with the best intentions. Mm-hmm. But we also have to be aware that that there is some information out there that's not accurate. And it's up to us as the reader, as the consumer, to judge what is accurate, what is not, what source it came from, are is whoever created this content being transparent and what are their motivations. That's so true. There is so much misinformation and disinformation out there, either people purposely putting incorrect information or just it being written incorrectly without prior knowledge. Um, So how do we know or how can I look up if a news source or if any source is credible? What, What do I do in that process? Well, you know, one thing that news keeps in mind when they create content, Mm -hmm. in fact, I would say that everybody does this, whether Mm -hmm. it's a sports reporter or a podcaster or even Hollywood, is they say, who is my audience? (laughs) And they're creating content for somebody. Mm -hmm. And, And they're probably not going to create that content if there isn't an audience to to receive that content. And so you have to say, who is the audience? Who is the intended audience of this? And and in many news organizations, the ideological political um, placement across a a spectrum of politics Mm -hmm. varies. And so you're going to have a little different audience, um, say for people who are consuming Fox News, Mm -hmm. than people who are regular, of viewers of CNN or CBS. Mm-hmm. And that spectrum is going to, you know, the distance on that spectrum is even going to grow when you think about Rush Limbaugh's show or The Blaze or some other right. very, very, you know, on one side of the spectrum. And then, then you certainly would have things on the opposite end of the spectrum. And and those those people are creating content for various reasons. Um, and the, most of the time it's because we use content as a form of entertainment in addition to information. Interesting. And so we have to be careful as we think about, okay, that they've presented this in a certain way. It's appealing to their audience. Who is their audience? Um, who are they trying to, to get to watch this? And what are they doing to bring them back? So if, if you're trying to appeal to people of one political ideology, mm-hmm. y- you may share information that's a little different than if you're trying to appeal to people of a different political ideology. Right. That's so interesting. Um, I want to go a little bit more into this 
this political spectrum mm-hmm. right after we have a break from our sponsors. I just want to give our time to our sponsors. They make this podcast possible to project this incredible information and to get these incredible guests here on the podcast. So I hope that you listen. And we have two sponsors here on the podcast, and one is Utah Money Moms and the other is PowerPay. They're both bringing financial knowledge that has helped me personally. Make sure to listen on to the end of my podcast as well. I give a little code that you can get a PowerPay money master course for free. That's normally $40 that truly helped me improve my finances. But right now I just want to give some time to Utah Money Moms. My favorite thing each week is just to listen to the stories of these incredible people on the podcast. They give me confidence in all areas of my life. The Full Confidence Ahead sponsor, Utah Money Moms, has boosted my financial confidence. I remember the first time I heard about them on YouTube, I just found this video about tracking your expenses they had done, and it was so simple and confidence building that I went to their website and started downloading as much material as I could. Make sure you head over to utahmoneymoms.com after this episode to sign up for their free webinars on all financial topics from the basics of budgeting to estate planning. Okay, thank you for hanging in there and listening to our sponsors. That's really important to us here at the podcast, but I really am so grateful that we're talking about this news. So a little recap before we just talked about how it's important to have different sources or where to find credible sources, understanding who the audience is is for each source. But let's talk a little bit more about this spectrum, this kind of political spectrum of audiences that these news sources are talking to. And how can I navigate to make sure that I'm not coming in just looking at it as, as a bias rather than as, as facts? Well, you have, you have some credible organizations like Pew Research, for example, Mm -hmm. that have, have done some very interesting research on political polarization. So you could go online Mm -hmm. and you could Google where do news organizations fall on the political spectrum. Mm -hmm. And, and they're going to organize that spectrum based on the, on those organizations audience. Mm -hmm. People who listen to this type of news tend to uh, vote this way or tend to have oh, these political things. And so it, it, it would be really interesting to say, okay, it, where does this organization fall on a spectrum from, from left to right, from liberal to conservative? And then you can start to understand what their motivations may be and how they are catering the news and the sources they use to fit their audience. Mm. That's so interesting. I've actually, what I've started doing lately, just so I could be better at talking with my friends and, and recognizing my own political bias, but I've, I've not watched or listened to or read a story on one side of the political spectrum and then searched it on a news Mm -hmm. site on the other and compare it even just the headlines, Mm -hmm. just even what they're focusing on the headlines has been eye opening to me and going back and forth. So how do we also navigate our own bias amongst the bias of of these news organizations? The the most important thing is to acknowledge your bias. Oh, interesting. To say this is how I feel mm-hmm. and this may be the audience that I associate with and this may be the type of news that I'm seeking out personally. Mm-hmm. And it is fascinating to actually go online and take the same story mm-hmm. and then see how headlines different are different, see how leads are different, mm-hmm. uh, uh, compare what sources they used. And then, and then you have to remember, as you go online, as you look on Twitter, as you look on social media, um, 
you're also going to get a whole bunch of information that is from unofficial sources um, or oh, from yeah. different sources. Is this from a university professor? Um, because because they can now publish online. Mm-hmm. Is this from is this from a um, focus group? Mm-hmm. Is this from um, an organization that has this objective in mind? Mm-hmm. And so you know. It, it is in this world where we are all publishers, mm-hmm. you just have to every day say, where is this information coming from? And and then say, and how am I going to let it impact me? Mm. I This kind of just sparked a question that I hadn't really intended to ask, but now I'm really curious about this because you said we're all publishers now. How do we make sure that we're putting out truthful content. And, and I'm not saying it's not bad to have a bias because we should have our own. I I think it's good to have your own political opinions and to, and that helps you be actively involved in the political atmosphere of your community. So it's good to have opinions, but how do we make sure we're saying something truthful, posting things, truthful, publishing things that are truthful, um, and credible? Yeah. And so, you know, with Photoshop out there, oh, any yeah. any photo that appears to be a news photo actually could have been doctored. And mm-hmm. we have a responsibility to know where something came from mm-hmm. um, before we ever share it. Because, oh, because that has to be, we have to own, we have to be accountable for what's on mm-hmm. our own social media feeds. Mm-hmm. And, and actually, I think we're accountable for how those things impact us personally. Mm-hmm. And so... So if there's an image and it's making the rounds or it's trending on social, we have to say, where did it come from? And, and do I know that this image is, is accurate? Um, same with stories. You know, we've all shared stories on the, on the internet and said, this yeah. is, this is the greatest story I've ever found. Please donate to this cause or please help this child who's suffering from cancer. And, and you have to ask yourself, where did this come from? And do I actually know that this is the case? Um, so I think that's really important. I think that that can also go off into so many scams happen with mm-hmm. not, not checking a source. And I think also with your images, I think sometimes we've altered what we think is reality so mm-hmm. much, but I've looked at, I, I've helped with social media content and the amount of editing or tweaking or changing of colors that happens mm-hmm. sometimes is really shocking. And to go back and think to yourself with any source that you come across or ones that you're reposting or resharing of, do I really know this is truthful? And I like that you brought up imagery. I wouldn't have thought about that. I was kind of yeah. thinking just the story, yeah. um, but imagery, that's so interesting. What other... What other tips would you say navigating this political sphere? You, you know, a, a true photojournalist is never going to use Photoshop. That includes um, any videographer who mm-hmm. is is working within the media. And and so it it is good for all of us to be aware of the ethics that that uh, regulate certain professions. Yeah. And um, and then to to actually evaluate is is this a good example of something from this profession. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you, we see this all the time in academics. Um, academics have to source their information. Right. They, they have <laughs> so many footnotes. Uh-huh. And, and, then, and then in this day and age where so much is found on the internet, you know, we actually have software that's like 
scanning for plagiarism mm-hmm. and and other things because because truth in some cases feels like it's a variable mm-hmm. you know we and and truth is truth is so so sometimes when i read something and i think wow is this too good to be true you know that saying right, if it's right. too good to be true it probably is <laughs> You know, you should approach what you read online with a little bit of skepticism. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I if everyone could ask themselves just some basic questions, where did this come from? Um, is this a reliable person, a reliable source? What are they trying to accomplish? And then, and then the most important question is how I'm going to let it impact me and what I'm going to do about it. And yeah. so that is something we haven't talked about, but even when you think about your podcast and making wise financial decisions, mm-hmm. you know, we're reading all kinds of stuff in the news about the housing market. Ooh, Should I yeah. buy a house right now? Should I rent a house? Where do I get really accurate information about interest rates and housing and whether it's okay to buy a condo or should I buy a freestanding house? And mm-hmm. So, so this this decision about where do I get the information that actually guides and supports the most important decisions that I make every day? Mm, that's so insightful. I I want you just to kind of give us an overview too of what should be the ethics of journalism. You said mm-hmm. that in when you were just talking in your response, and I think. Also, as a consumer of journalism, that helps me understand when I can really trust. And I know there's been a lot of distrust in the media lately, and I would just hope that we could find the ethical media. And so can you kind of give us a rundown as someone who's been in journalism for decades of what are the, the ethics of journalism so we can start to find organizations that truly are ethical? And if you look at the journalism profession mm-hmm. as a whole, journalists go out and they answer very, very basic questions. Mm-hmm. Who, what, when, where, how? Yeah. And so um, traditionally, if you have a reporter, mm-hmm. um, they're going to go out and say, you know, who is being impacted here? Mm-hmm. What are they trying to do? When did this happen? And and how did this come about? And and so that would be the the very very basic okay. of of any news story. Now, in recent years, as racial tensions, as political tensions, as um, so many as social tensions in this nation mm-hmm. have sort of bubbled up to the surface, and I think the pandemic. Um, hastened a lot of that bubbling because we were all sort of isolated. We're at home. We've got our phones. We're uh, living in a, a, you know, you think about, about uh, all of social media. It's a very, very in, at the end of the day, pretty small group. You're talking to a a pretty small group of people Mm -hmm. who are, who are actually responding to your social media feeds. And most of the time, the people on your social media feeds share your political and religious and social ideologies. And so you're talking to people who agree with you. So you may start thinking everyone feels this way, Mm -hmm. but, but so often not everyone feels that way. So, so it, it wouldn't hurt sometimes to jump out of your feed and, and look someplace else. Mm -hmm. Um, follow some somebody that you may not agree with uh, politically 
or economically or, you know, something that's different and, and see what their opinions can do to influence your own. I, I think it is so interesting, you know, a huge journalism ethic to, to go back to the question that sponsored this, this whole answer is, mm-hmm. is this idea that, that there are two sides to every story. Mm-hmm. And we as journalists really try to present both. Mm-hmm. You know, if if someone says one thing and criticizes someone else, then we go to the other person and say, hey, is this true? And and so there is a search for truth that really includes looking at an at a story or a problem or an issue from multiple sides, from multiple angles. And and it means interviewing people who may have different philosophies or different ideologies. And it's, it's a search that, that is never ending. Mm -hmm. And so at the end of the day, one of the best things you can do if you have a, a question about politics is engage in a conversation with someone who believes totally the opposite of you. I love that response. And I also love what you said about, um, journalists are, their job is to find the who, where, when, how, and really look from both sides. And that helps me identify as I'm reading through different articles or different news sources. If all sides of this argument are represented, that can help me identify, okay, I can trust this source better. I was actually really impressed with, uh, when you were saying that this came to mind, I read this article the other day of a hate crime that had happened. And I was really impressed by showing both who they thought had been the victim and who had thought uh, might be convicted in the future of this hate crime. And they represented both sides equally and very fairly. And I was impressed how they went about that um, in that journalism article. Um, and I want to continue fall- to follow that um, organization just because of the way that they represented all sides. And I thought that was more fair than I've seen more in the news lately. And I, I want to keep searching for that as I'm going through these different sources as they come up on social media to make sure that both these sides are represented. And I also really appreciate that you say to follow someone, to engage with someone in, on completely the opposite side. Cause I think you're right. I think the pandemic has kind of hastened this polarization mm-hmm. to the point we get so heated when someone else, and I have, this is a general statement. I'm not saying everyone does, but typically people start to get heated when someone else isn't of the same ideology as you are. And I think what I hope after this conversation is kind of two things for our listeners and for me in my life is one, to understand how to navigate this news right now a little bit better, a little bit more confidently. And number two is to have confidence to engage in political or different ideological conversations with someone of a totally different opinion of you in a curious way rather than an accusing way. And, and, you know, I had an experience in Mm -hmm. my business where we um, had published a piece of content that upset a lot of people on two very different sides of an issue. And what I learned from that, as I read all the responses, all the mail, there was, it was so emotional is that oftentimes you can have two different opinions that both have some truth mm-hmm. that are there. It, it's not so black and white. Um, sometimes both sides are a little gray. Sometimes everyone has very, very valid points to their arguments. And, and so 
that's where I think transparency comes in. Mm. So if, if you're reading an article and you don't know everything about the person that's writing it, where did they get their education? Where do they work? What are their motivations? Then, then maybe you should be looking at their bio and saying, wow, there's, mm. there's a lot that this person maybe isn't sharing. You know, if there's someone who is very, very active on Twitter, uh, you know, read, read who they are, go to, go, go to their account and right. see what they say about themselves, because that may inform who and what their motivations are. Same with the source of a story. If you have a source that's being highly critical and the news reporter itself isn't giving you some background on who that person is and why they have um, any sort of authority to talk on this issue, then you need to be asking yourselves that. Mm. If someone's criticizing the police or, or an attorney or a hospital or a government official or, um, you know, you name it, um, ask yourselves, where are they coming from? Why do they think that they have the right to do that? Is it an experience they have? Is it an expertise they have? Is it a philosophy they have? And, and then knowing what motivates them to make those statements can actually help you determine whether you're going to believe that or or actually repeat that. Mm -hmm. That's a really interesting comment. I think it also kind of ties into your idea of like the motivation of uh, journalism, but understanding like who this person is, like what are the credentials is one of the best ways to understand, kind of understanding their bias. Mm -hmm. um, and if you want to affiliate with that or not, um, I have just, I have gained so much from our conversation today. We're so grateful that you have come on with us. I feel like I've gained both the ability to understand where, uh, have the critical eyes to look at a source and say, okay, where is this really coming from? What is their motivation? Who is their audience? And what makes them, what gives them the credentials to even say what they're saying? And I think all of that encapsulates the idea of how we can go forward with confidence navigating this totally bombarding world of news where we're getting it at every angle. And I want to wrap up just with one question that we always ask everyone on the podcast, and that is, what is one piece of advice that you give your younger self to boost your confidence? Well, and, and you're going to think this is a totally predictable answer, but, <laughs> but I did get advice very, uh -huh. very early in my career. Uh -huh. And they said, read the newspaper every day. Mm, now, I like it. now, uh, I think if I could give myself any advice, it would be seek out information from sources of, of all kinds. Mm. And, and the, because information is power, mm -hmm. information means that you can make good decisions for yourself, for your family, for your workplace. And without that information, you may make decisions that aren't so good. And so um, I think the time invested in finding some place to understand what is happening in the world and how it impacts you and forming opinions about that is something that will uh, inform and strengthen and direct your life in a way that will be very important. It will allow you to participate in conversations at work. It will allow you to um, uh, actually contribute and give good advice to friends and mm -hmm. family. It will allow you to have uh, positive insights mm -hmm. into any sort of, of group where you're participating 
and and then make sure that if you share something, if you have sought out information and you're going to repeat it, that you know it's true. Uh, I mean, yeah. bottom line, yeah. <laughs> truth wins the day. So, Amen. so find information and then make sure it's good information. <laughs> I think that's the best piece of advice. I actually want to put one line that you said as a bumper sticker on my, but he said, information is power. I'm like, Ooh, that's a good bumper sticker. <laughs> I love that. We're just so grateful. Thank you so much for being on here with us. We are so grateful for what you've taught us. And I think I'm going to re-listen to this about five times to make sure that everything has sunk in. Um, and this is something I want to keep coming back to and and checking myself. So thank you so much for being on here with us. Well, thank you so much, Katie Ann, for having me. I think a lot of times the feeling of fear comes from a lack of control in our lives. And our sponsor, PowerPay, is offering a money master course that's normally $40 for free to all Full Confidence Ahead podcast listeners so you can take control of your finances this year. The course is video-based and gives you real-life money smarts. So to claim your course, go to extensioncourses.usu.edu slash Pal, which is K-A-T-I-E-A-N-N-P-O-W-E-L-L, and it'll automatically add the money master course to your cart and you just click check out and you'll get it for free. You can also access your course by going to extensioncourses.usu.edu and finding the money master course under the finance category, then using the code KATIEANN, K-A-T-I-E-A-N-N, with no spaces, to claim your $40 discount and free course at checkout. So let's master our money together. Thanks for listening in on the Full Confidence Ahead podcast. Weekly on Tuesdays, we'll continue our journey of confidence together through new interviews and insights. Make sure to hit the subscribe button to stay up to date on the latest conversations and confidence boosts. And by the way, you got this because you deserve to live life full confidence ahead. See you next week.